Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. In today's fitness world, the lines are often blurred between genuine advice and gimmicky advertising. That's why one of the goals of this show is to provide a clear, no-nonsense approach to fitness and health. I love being asked fitness questions because I'm just glad that people are coming to me instead of just Googling a topic only to be bombarded with sites paying to have the results show up higher in the searches and often misleading people. With Straight Shot Radio, I just want to help. So if you have a question for me after listening to today's show, you can email me through our website www.straightshottraining.com or find me on social media using the handle at straightshottraining. Today, I want to answer a few questions that have been posed to me recently regarding rapid weight loss and strength, stand-up desks, and testosterone supplements. So let's get right into it with our first question from one of my personal training clients, Chris. Chris asks, why is my strength gone whenever I lose weight very quickly? So Chris is a weight loss champ. When he focuses up, Chris can lose five to six pounds a week And sometimes, several times, he's lost well over 10 pounds in seven days. Now, not all of this is pure body fat. So when you lose weight, some of it is water loss, some of it is muscle glycogen or the sugar in your muscles, and some of it is even muscle mass that you're losing. You typically are not losing just body fat, although this is what we're trying to do. So when you're losing weight, you want to shoot for one to two pounds a week to make sure that you're not losing muscle mass. Rapid weight loss, so losing 5 to 10 pounds a week, typically is a result of an extreme caloric deficit since you have to be in some form of a caloric deficit in order to lose weight. This means you're burning more calories than you're eating. So you can do this by working out more, eating less, or doing both. So in Chris's case, he was dieting by eating a lot less, and he took up his running distance and speed by a lot. So he was both burning more calories and eating less calories. When he does this, he creates such a large caloric deficit that his body really doesn't want to burn any more calories. So it operates at a lower intensity. So it's trying to conserve calories. It doesn't want you to perform well in the gym because it wants to use the calories for all the other things that your body has to do just to maintain homeostasis. So operating at lower intensity means you're going to have less strength during workouts. You're going to have trouble recovering in between sets, it's actually going to feel like you're running on empty because you're running on empty. So when dieting, you need to focus on two things, a lot of things, but these are the two things you need to focus on to make sure you're not going to lose strength and muscle mass while dieting. First thing, you need to create a moderate caloric deficit. So figure out how many calories you are currently taking in and cut out 250 a day if you want to lose half a pound a week. Cut out 500 calories a day if you want to lose one pound a week. Then if you already aren't exercising and you want to start exercising, I would start by trying to burn somewhere in between 250 to 500 calories a day, several days a week through exercise, depending on what your goal is, so that you end up creating a weekly deficit of 3,500 to 7,000 calories or in body fat terms, that's one to two pounds of body fat. Now, obviously these are very specific numbers because weight loss is a science. However, if you just cut back on your portions a bit and start working out a little, you'll naturally create some deficits. You just don't want to go too crazy on either. So if you're cutting out so many calories that you're always hungry and you're always working out until you feel like you're going to drop over and you're starving 
and you're not performing well in the gym, that's two big signs that you are in too large of a caloric deficit. The second thing you need to do is you need to lift weights. So while cardio burns calories, you do need to do some resistance training in order to preserve your muscle mass while losing weight. Because your body doesn't like to get rid of things that it's using. So if you are using your muscles to lift, you're less likely to burn calories in the muscle mass provided you aren't eating too few of calories. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Make sure that you're lifting weights so that your body wants to keep the muscle mass on for a reason because it has to perform this mechanical work with your muscles, but still make sure that you're eating enough calories to perform well in the gym. So if you're doing both of these things, you're going to have better workouts and still lose weight. And remember, working out is for more than just losing weight. So being strong, being mobile, being fast, being agile, uh, balanced, and injury-proof is part of being fit and enjoying life outside the gym. So for Chris, that's that's why your workouts are suffering, buddy. And he's heard me say this before, um, but I, he thought it would be good for me to bring up on the podcast, which is actually it's a great question. So thank you, Chris. Because a lot of people do do this incorrectly. They diet too fast, and they go too hard in the gym. So a lot of times I say life's about moderation. This is another thing that you need to practice in moderation. And otherwise, your workouts are going to suffer. You're going to get burnt out in the gym. You might quit your workouts because you're just really not enjoying it. And then you're not going to have all of the other uh, gains that come along with uh, resistance training, like you know, being strong, having uh, better bone mass, having a higher metabolism, all of those things that are good things about working out, but you need to fuel your workouts even while you're dieting. I used to get our second question a lot more before it became popular because every time people walk into my office, they notice that my desk is up on top of cinder blocks. Now, this isn't just because I'm from West Virginia and we tend to put things in our yard up on cinder blocks, but rather the dangers of sitting all day and being sedentary lead to poor posture, slower metabolism, lack of focus, and decreased productivity. So people would ask, why do you stand while you work? And I would tell them, well, I want to avoid all of these things. So fast forward a few years, many people use stand-up desks now. But before long, people started noticing that they were having other issues related to standing in one place all day. So back pain, foot issues, poor posture, etc. This is because the human body is designed for movement, not stationary positions. So sitting for long periods of time is definitely bad but so is standing for long periods of time. The goal of a stand-up desk is to keep you from getting stuck in one spot. So what I do with my stand-up desk is I keep a stool nearby so I can alternate between sitting or kind of leaning up against the stool and standing up straight. I also have a small wooden step underneath my desk so I can put one foot up on it or switch it to the other side and put the other foot up on it so I can keep my hip in some slight flexion. So hip flexion, think bringing your knee up. Think the, uh, the Captain Morgan pose, sitting your foot up on top of something. So when you have your hip in some flexion, your low back uh, can't arch as much as it could if you're standing with both your feet flat on the floor. You know, that's, that's why actually some smart person a very long time ago put that ledge around the base of the bar, like at a pub or a restaurant, because they realized that people could stand and drink alcohol for longer and buy more pub food if they were comfortable 
and having a leg up on something small helps you hold better posture for longer so you can stand and converse and drink and buy food and do that for longer. So it actually started out as like a, a, a product to uh, keep people comfortable so you can make more money off of them, but now it's something that can save your back while using a stand-up desk. So keep your foot up on something. Uh, the final thing that I love about my stand-up desk is that it encourages me to move more. So since I'm already up, it's easy for me to walk around my desk and go walk or literally run to someone's office. Actually, if they're across the campus of my building, I'll take my skateboard over. Uh, I'll get up to make multiple trips to make copies instead of taking all of my papers and waiting to do it at once. Uh, instead of emailing, a lot of times I go to people's offices. I'm just moving more since I'm not relaxed and kind of glued into a seat. Because if you notice, once you start sitting, you kind of want to keep sitting for a while. Even when I'm at home with my laptop, I'll alternate standing, sitting, laying on my stomach, and kneeling while I'm working. Actually, one of the hardest things right now I'm standing doing the podcast, I want to move around, but I can't because the mic's in front of me. So uh, normally right after I'm done the podcast, I'm typically walking around or editing the show or, or producing the show, uh, kneeling or sitting or doing something different so I'm not stuck in one position for so long. So I'd highly recommend a stand-up desk. But honestly, it's not necessary to have, provided you can get up and move and find ways to work in different positions throughout the day. So somebody might think that you're weird for like kneeling at your desk and working or standing up and then sitting or constantly getting up, but you want to keep yourself moving in different positions throughout the day. It's just the way that your body likes to operate. We're going to jump into our last question in just a second. But first, here's a word from one of our podcasting friends. Hi, this is Matt Fish, inviting you to check out my brand new show, The Hip Hop Classics Podcast. Each week, we're going to take a deep dive into one of the greatest records the genre has ever produced and talk about why it's so significant to the music as well as the culture. From East Coast to West Coast, G-Funk to Hardcore, and everything in between, we're going to cover it all. So join me, won't you? Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. It's The Hip Hop Classics Podcast, the new music show that you don't want to miss. All right, welcome back. Our final question is one that tends to, to irk me a bit, actually a lot, because the supplement industry in this case is preying on dudes and guys are losing a lot of money for either no results or adverse results. I'm talking about testosterone supplements. So recently, another middle-aged guy came into my office and asked me about which supplement was good to boost testosterone. He had a particular one in mind. He wanted me to kind of review it for him. I always ask the same questions back before I even look at what they're, they're trying to show me or asking for my opinion on. And I'll do the same for you all. So let's say you are a dude asking me for advice on a testosterone supplement. The first thing I want to ask, hey, did your doctor do a blood test and tell you that your testosterone level is low? First thing I always ask, because if you haven't been evaluated by a doctor and you're just plugging all of your symptoms onto the web, we all know WebMD is great for telling you you have every disease possible, but that's not the way to go. Many of the symptoms that guys complain of that they think is related to low T levels are actually due to sedentary lifestyles or poor diet or smoking or lack of sleep. If you actually need a testosterone booster or a testosterone replacement therapy, your doctor can prescribe one that's far better than anything you would get at a supplement store. But unless they've seen a doctor, they're just going off of something they probably looked up or 
a clever advertisement from this supplement company listed some symptoms that they think that they have, or maybe they do have, and they're automatically correlating it with low testosterone when it could just be they need to get their their diet and workout and uh, everything about their lifestyle uh, in check before uh, they even think about doing that. So that's question number one. Question number two, if you're trying to lose weight and can't, how many calories are you eating, buddy? How many calories are you eating? Most of the time they look at me like, uh, I don't eat that much. So no, no, give me an actual number. And I know I'm, I'm kind of a stickler for when it comes to caloric balance and knowing your calories, and it is tedious to edit up. But before you go spend $200 on a testosterone supplement, can you take an hour, hour and a half to take everything you ate yesterday and put it into some type of food journal online and figure out how many calories you're actually eating and see, are you in a positive caloric balance? Are you eating more calories than your body is burning? Because that's how you're gaining weight. Or if you're not losing any weight, look at your calories. Are they exactly what you need for your body to maintain its current weight? Well, then, yeah, you're not going to lose any weight. You're going to stay at the exact same weight. If you're taking in less calories than your body requires, you would already be losing weight. So I already know you're not doing that. So a supplement can't fix the fact that you, you're eating too much. So that's another thing that, that I would say. That's the second thing I typically go to is because a lot of times guys want to use a testosterone supplement because they know that uh, testosterone is associated with a higher metabolism. So they want to boost their metabolism by taking a testosterone supplement. But boosting your metabolism only means your body is burning calories at a higher rate. You still need to know how many calories you're eating because you could boost your metabolism, still be eating too many calories, and still not lose any weight. So that's question number two. Number three, if you have low energy and other undesirable effects of what you think is due to low testosterone, are you sleeping more than eight hours a night? And the answer to this is always no. Every once in a while it would be yeah, but it's almost never because people don't typically make time for sleep. Sleep is when our bodies repair themselves and part of this process is uh, peaks in certain hormone levels, including testosterone. So if you're not sleeping enough, you're not able to manufacture enough of the right hormones at the right times. And this probably means you have an abundance of stress hormones like cortisol floating around in your body and a lack of growth hormones like testosterone. Fourth question I ask, I ask these guys normally, are you eating enough dietary fat, specifically saturated fat? I'll say that again, not unsaturated fat. Are you eating saturated fat while keeping your calories in check? So saturated fat gets a bad rep because of its correlation with heart disease. And that's, again, another topic for another podcast about whether or not this is true. But you need saturated fat for good hormone production. That's why it's in breast milk. That's why we get saturated fat and cholesterol so much as babies because we're growing so fast and we need it for, for growth hormones. So it's like I always come back to saying, you need balance and moderation with everything. So when it comes to saturated fat, if you're trying to boost your testosterone, don't be afraid to eat some eggs, some lean red meat. Uh, so not super, super fatty cuts, but make sure it has some fat in it so as you're getting the benefits of the, uh, the saturated fat there. Eat your coconut oil or coconut milk, provided that saturated fat is not the entire source of all of your fat. So make sure you're still eating nuts and seeds, avocados, and things like that. And make sure your total calories are in check. So if you figure out your calories and you break that down into what your macros are or how many grams of protein, carbohydrates, and fat you're supposed to be taking in, let's say you're allowed 90 grams of fat. Maybe make 
25 of that saturated. And that's really not a lot when you think about it. I mean, that's one burger is going to have 25 grams, a lot of that being saturated fat, and two eggs in the morning. And that's going to take care of all of that saturated fat. But if you're trying to get, gain testosterone and you need some help with that production uh, and you don't have a family history of heart disease and your total calories are low enough and your total fat is in check, go ahead and have some saturated fat. Number five, are you lifting heavy weights three or four times a week? So that's the last question I ask because typically I would have already caught them with one of the first four questions, if not all four, but I always add this one in because this one is so important. And by heavy weights, I mean a heavy five to eight reps on things like squats, deadlifts, bench press, overhead press, bent over rows, uh, pull-ups, where I'm talking about big multi-joint movements. Because multi-joint movements or compound movements like this increase local growth hormone production in the associated muscles, but they also promote full body testosterone and other growth hormone production throughout the day, especially on lower body movements. So squats, deads, lunges, step-ups, big movements like that. Honestly, if you aren't squatting until you are busting the seams out of every pair of khakis you own, you need to go do some work before you start asking for a supplement. I'm just being honest with that. So more often than not, the guys who ask me about testosterone supplements don't have the right answers to four, if not all five of those questions. So I don't even get into the second part of my issue with these supplements, and that's their safety and, and efficacy. So do they even work? So typically, they're going to be a waste of money because you're not doing those other things you need to. But even if you're doing all those other things, do you actually need them and are they safe? These natural testosterone boosters are not like testosterone replacement therapy that you get from a doctor. They just work to increase your body's natural production of testosterone. So this means that they work for some people and they don't work for others. But the danger in taking them is that your body can become dependent on things that give them too much help to produce a hormone rather than your body making itself, making it for you naturally. So this means if you were to go off of these boosters, your T level could actually be lower than it was in the first place. If it was even low to start because you didn't check with your doctor to figure it out. The other thing I don't like about them is that most of them contain some type of estrogen blocker. This is because when us guys naturally produce testosterone, we also produce a certain amount of estrogen to balance things the way they're supposed to be. So if you take a supplement that rapidly increases testosterone, your body will rapidly increase estrogen, which is the opposite of what most guys want to have happen because all of the things that they want to gain with this testosterone supplement, estrogen kind of does the opposite of. So they think, oh, just more testosterone, more testosterone, and block all the estrogen. So the supplements block estrogen production, but when there's nothing to balance the high testosterone levels, you're going to have the things that are associated with high T levels like infertility, uh, liver disease, aggression, acne, uh, prostate swelling, uh, fluid retention. There's a host of other adverse effects because our bodies balance hormones for a reason. People need to stop messing with natural processes, especially with hormones, because you can really mess stuff up for yourself and you're in the possibility of a future family by messing around with things like these. So they're expensive. They're not entirely safe for everyone to take, or they're not even effective. So there you have it. You either don't need them because you don't need to do other things to naturally raise your testosterone, 
other than the things like lifting and sleeping and getting enough fat and and managing your stress during the day. That's another thing that would help out with it because um, stress hormones suppress testosterone. So uh, you either don't need them because you need to be doing other things or they don't work and are a waste of money or they're flat out dangerous and shouldn't be taken. So that's my take on testosterone supplements. But if you think that your testosterone level is low, first thing you need to do is go talk to a doctor. I'm not a doctor, and any of the guys working at these vitamin places are not doctors. Go talk to your doctor. Get your your uh, blood serum level, your testosterone uh, levels checked, and then figure out if you need a testosterone supplement or not. My guess is you probably don't. So I hope you found some of the information in today's episode of Straight Shot Radio helpful. And if you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would be awesome. If you have a question that you would like to have answered on a future Q&A episode, you can find us on social media using the handle at Straight Shot Training. Finally, if you would like to learn more about our subscription-based training service, head over to straightshottraining.com for all the details on what we will provide you with to get you moving well and feeling great with our balanced approach to functional fitness. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week, everybody. 